today on Brian the Guys, it's the DCEU Review. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Brian the Guys, the only podcast that is banned in the 28 known galaxies because he said that Superman tends to be a boring character. I am your host, the more interesting man child of steel, Brian Peters, and tonight is part three of the end of an air DCEU complete review. And guess who's back? Back again. Tyler's Tyler's back. back. Tell your friends. Tyler's back. Tyler's back. Tyler's back. <laughs> Tyler, the founder of Tylerberg. <laughs> Tylerberg. Well, well, I mean, what? <laughs> Tylerberg. <laughs> Miss Tessmacher, she she got a little place. It's a small, it's a bitty, bitty place. <laughs> Tyler Patrick here in the flesh, man. The host of one of the legendary DC Comics podcasts, the Krypton Report, who I've been doing this crossover with here. And this this crossover has been pretty epic. It has uh, been. So far, so far, if you're just joining us, you need to go back. You need to super speed it, time travel like Barry Allen. Go back to part one, which was on Brian the Guys. We went over um, Man, Man of Steel, BBS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman. Part two was on the Krypton Report. And we covered Snyder Cut, Justice League, Aquaman, and Shazam. Part three, Brian the Guys. And tonight we're going to cover Harley Quinn, or Birds of Prey, uh, Wonder Woman 84, The Suicide Squad, and Black Adam, or Black Rock, whatever you want to (laughs) say. And then next week, make sure you tune into the grand finale on the Krypton Report in this podcast crossover where we talk about Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, All Command 2, The Lost Kingdom, and end it with The Flash. Now, we are not talking about Blue Beetle because Tyler and I are in agreement that Blue Beetle seems to be like way too early DCU. It's it's like the outlier right now because even when its inception was going to be on Max and we just assumed it was going to be part of this film series, but it had no really connective tissue. Yeah. And the way things are going now. So it really is kind of being looked at as like its own thing at the moment. So we just didn't include it. Yeah. It's, 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 it seems to be just its own thing. Um, and after we talk about the flash, then we're going to share our rankings for DC films. Now my rankings changed watching all these movies again. Mine adjusted. They did. I mean, it changed a little interesting, but not a whole lot of drasticness because I was also putting and we'll talk about it. But yeah, there's we'll talk about it. I I think I think like I think I even said to you, one of my main factors is like I looked at the overall arc. I and I looked at I I gave extra points if it was standalone because I feel that really helped it. And like I looked at it story wise, story wise in the movie, story wise in DCU what worked and like i guess i i probably judge things more harshly because of how things turned out in the future mm. um 
but that's because I'm I'm a total jerk. But you're you know you're a little you know I'm the Batman here. You're you're the you're you know you're the Superman. That's how that's how we work. So, you know, one factor I threw in there is like, how how often am I going to watch this one? Did it connect that, with that's me? Exa- I- yeah, that's another thing I told you. Yes, yes. How many times am I watching this? Because because like we taught. I mean, you and I, big movie guys. You know, you the director, me, whatever the heck I am. But maybe the producer, but you like you look at movies from a filmmaking perspective and you're always like, you know, Brian, what do you think of this score? And I'm like, dude, I'm freaking deaf. Like, I don't hear no score. <laughs> and, you're like, What's a score? What's a score? Like, I mean, like I score with my wife, you know, or whatever. You know, that's the type of score I care about. Um, but you look at it cinematically, you look at everything, you know, and I look at it from not only I do look at the cinematic part, but I, I look at the story. I'm all on me personally. I'm all about the story. Did this story work? Did it do justice to the characters? Did it make sense? And and am I going to want to to revisit this story? Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense to me. So in saying all that. Let's talk about movies that I will not revisit again. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's the, that's the you know that's the thing. But yeah, so we're kicking off this like okay. So to to, to bring everybody in this era that we're talking about here, yeah, in episode three is where the AT and T starts off with um, Walter Hamada, and like you have to talk about the background stuff because so much of the leadership change. Yeah, please In do. The 10 years from when Man of Steel started to when we got Document 2, we went through multiple leaderships and structuring of the company and all that factored into these films. So this is the era where Walter Hamada starts projects. He's in it, but then he's starting to be shepherded out as Discovery comes in and buys uh, AT&T back. Discovery officially bought it by the time the Suicide Squad is released. And um, enters, I always forget one, but it's it, DeLuca. And there's another one I'll have to look up who kind of become the interim workers who were kind of inherited DC um, and start to kind of run the show as Hermada's being let go. And that's a big factor in this as we get to the end of this section. Um, I felt like. Like me personally, as we enter this section, you know, this, this part three, I felt that we were at such a high, high. We, like, I mean, with we, Shazam we, and Aquaman, where like, we felt like we were in a place, we had two positive hits. Yep. Um, things are going good. I mean, and Birds of Prey is weird just because yeah, it would, and I say that because we don't really know how well it would have done financially because it came out February. Right around my birthday, because that's what we went and saw for my birthday that year, and then the pandemic shutdown happened. Like I, I, think, I think it was either this movie or it was no, I think it was Shunk the Hedgehog. Shunk the Hedgehog is the last movie I saw before pandemic, before the world changed. I think it was Sonic, because I think I went by myself because I really wanted to see the movie, and I was like, I was working in Columbus that day, and like I just really wanted to see this movie, and like. Yeah, I think it was that because I I know I saw Birds of Prey with Brandon, and Brandon's mm-hmm. not big of a com- you know comic reader and stuff. 
and he's not as passionate about birds of prey as I am. Um, so like, he was like, yeah, this movie is great where I had so many thoughts, which I'm about to say, of course, <laughs> but so let's get into it. Let's get into a little bit of the history and everything about this film. Yeah. Go, go into the history. We'll, yeah, we'll go, we'll go step by step. So the, f- the first big thing about this film is in April 17th of 2018, Kathy Yan is hired by Warner Brothers to direct Birds of Prey. Okay. Now, what did Kathy direct before that? There was a, it was some Because you know everything. I'm trying to remember. It was like something about like, I know it had to do with like a, a farm and a pig, but it wasn't, it was like a serious drama. Animal farm? I never it was something Margot Robbie saw Babe in, pig in the city. No, like it's dark. Like it's a dark drama and something. It was very indie. And that was like, hmm. okay. Cause they wanted a female director. And I, I get that sense. Um, because there's a scene in birds of prey that I flat out told Jania had a male director directed the film. I think the scene would have been played a little bit differently. Um, I think it's very important that female-led movies do have female directors, my personal opinion, because like there's a different energy about it. Yes, absolutely. There's there's, there's a detail in Birds of Prey. There's a scene where they do the whole sharing scrunchie thing. That if that's not written in the script, a male director probably would never think of, of just some camaraderie between the female, the women. Yeah. Um, yeah. The scene I'm talking about is when Black Mask is in the club and he has the girl like dance. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Remove her dress. If a male had directed that, you and this goes into what this next part was was uh, real quick. May eighth, twenty eighteen, Birds of Prey is an R-rated girl film. Um, If a male had directed that, she would have been naked, or at least topless, because it's an R-rated film. I think so. And I mean, I I tell you flat out, one hundred percent. But having a female, I think that you know, altered that. Um, so we're getting into this. Um, and let's see here. You know, June 13th of that year, Walter Hamada calls the DC a shit show. So like, you know, once a man were. Oh, let me. Yeah. Walter Hamada. Yeah. And he's yeah. just coming into the job and he's going to try to clean it up. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. So hold on, we're, we're scrolling because just for the listeners who may not have remembered, we are not doing a whole history of everything that happened in the DCEU, like what could have been, what happened, what was announced, and when. We're talking film by film. Um, so, which is very important that you guys know that. Yes, because there's so much to talk about, and we're trying to do this in just four parts. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to just talk about the films, not the all the behind the scenes, what happened, when, who there. Um, that's for a different discussion. So November 1st, 2018, Ewan McGregor is cast as Black Mask. November 28, November 20th, 2018, Margot Robbie reveals the full title of Birds of Prey. The film would be titled Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Extremely too long of a title. Um, Absolutely. I, I, way too way too con- Convoluted story. Mm-hmm. January 15th, Birds of Prey. I wasn't, became- okay. I was, see, so another thing. I love Black Mask. One of my favorite Batman villains. <clears throat> I think he's very underrated. Um, if no one's ever read the war game story, the, the pre-Infinite Crisis war game story, um, a lot of people give it crap because that's where uh, um, Stephanie Brown becomes Robin. Um, 
it's actually a pretty dang good story. And Black Mask is, is the main big villain of that. And having Black Mask and then Ewan McGregor playing Black Mask, that was so far. So far, this was the only exciting thing I was uh, about the movie. Well, I was excited about Birds of Prey. But then they said, they when they gave me this title, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, I was like, okay, this is not going to be a Birds of Prey movie. This is going to be a Harley Quinn movie. And it sure was. It it was. And that's why I think, first of all, that's what, you know, screws this film up. Is they wanted to do a Harley film. And there was like several films that were announced that were going to be Harley driven. There's going to be a Harley Joker. And then we're going to have the one that should have been was Gotham City Sirens or Gotham City Sirens versus the Birds of Prey. And then which would have been so good. But I think no, it would have been really good. It would have been. And so they decide to make this on January 15th, 2019, Birds of Prey begins filming. In February, they cancel the Harley Quinn Joker film. Um, you know, Batgirl's supposed to get her own movie, so she's removed and not part of Birds of Prey, and that's in February of 2019. So this is going on, okay? Um we would April 15th, 2019 birds of prey wraps filming. Okay. Oh, did you say the Harley Quinn Joker movie canceled February, yep. 2019 jo- the Lido Joker movie canceled 2019 February, 2019. Yeah. So now here we are. Let's jump to Batgirl, not in birds of prey February 13th, 2019. Yeah. I said that. You did? I'm, I'm sorry. Gosh. Oh. Um. Let's see here. February seventh, two thousand twenty-two, twenty twenty. Okay. I'm, Birds no, of Prey releases. The film would be met with positive critical reception overall, but would be a massive disappointment at the box office, going only to make two hundred five point three million on an eighty-five million budget. Many people were confused. Marketing, no joke. Uh, an overlong title that buried the lead character and R rating that limited its core audience at the primary reason for the film's underperformance. Okay. Uh, February 12th, which is my birthday, theater chains and ticket websites changed Birds of Prey title to Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. This was viewed as an attempt to try and boost ticket sales due to the audience confusion. I forgot all about that. Yes. Okay. Yes. You don't make Harley Quinn your your uh, character or it should have been Harley Quinn versus the birds of prey. Yep. The whole, the title was stupid. Okay. It's too long. Now, if this had been the birds of prey sequel, it would have been a little bit more sense. Okay. Now let's talk about this. Brian, wouldn't you say that Harley Quinn is probably one of the top three, maybe DC characters like next to Batman, you see her merch and her crap everywhere. Okay, so you're talking about in terms of popularity or in ter- terms about uh, be more specific? Like in popularity, like she's a character that has transcended and has become one of the most popular pop culture DC characters, period. I think in terms of DC, yes, you're right. So you I think walk when into people hot think topic. DC characters, they Batman, Joker, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. You can't walk into Hot Topic and not find a bunch of Harley Quinn crap. Yes. 
Okay. Superman, so, unfortunately, is not in that top three. No. Yet. Um, well, so let's maybe. So you're going to take a character that you sell, that you market, and is one of your most prolific characters, and you're going to make her movie an R-rated film, cutting out a massive chunk of audience. Well, okay. I don't think... Yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, it needed to be PG thirteen. No, maybe okay. maybe a sequel to be R. What? What? Are, okay, think like about that, this. But your R rated films and comic books have always been characters that aren't super popular. Okay, or if they are, they're kind of niche. Like Deadpool. Deadpool was a smaller character until that movie. Then everyone became a Deadpool fan. Everybody. Okay. My cousin then, Steve. My cousin, I'll never forgive him for this. My cousin Steve, longtime Batman fan. And I say to him in that fact of fiction episode, bro, the greatest, the greatest comic book superhero, the greatest comic book character of all time, Batman, hands down. He says Deadpool. Yeah. um, Of all time. I would allow the Batman statement. I wouldn't really argue with you because I think there's a lot of truth in there. But yeah, Deadpool, he's an idiot. Just well, you, because you call him an idiot, you don't call him an idiot for saying Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, he's an idiot. Nah. all right. <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you really have to argue that case, bro. Like you need Deadpool, some Matt Murdock. You need some Matt Murdock lawyering to get me to believe that Matt Murdock over Deadpool. I'm saying he needs some lawyer skills like Matt Murdock to argue why Deadpool is better than Bat. Like, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So Birds of Prey by being well, radar, you, you automatically limit who can see the film. Okay. For a character that's marketed to girls and kids, Sayla loves Harley. Okay. And I had to make an edit of this movie that she could see some of the scenes to see Harley. Okay. And if you're pushing Harley in the front, that's just now, wa- now watching this film, you can easily make a PG 13 cut. Okay. There there's certain scenes that be trimmed, some sound effects altered. And of course you can edit the, the dialogue and you can make a PG 13 cut of this, which they should have done because if you're in the mood to make money, because if you're going R, you need to go all in. Okay. This movie was not, was not an all in R exactly by any means. So if you're going to make it R, you go full on you, you blood guts, language, whatever. Like you make it to where I'm watching like a yeah, you This is R. Like you can't get around this. The film they released, I'm like, you could edit this to PG-13. Um, the other problem with this movie is they tried to be Deadpool with this movie. They sure as hell did, buddy. I mean, they, they first sure of did. all, they first of all, they do the nonlinear storytelling, just like Deadpool. And they even did a little bit of artwork, like in storytelling, like. With uh, like Deadpool did, like kind of with even drawing pictures and stuff, they did like that. Um, over I mean, the top, like fight scenes that were like overly ridis- ridiculous, but just like the breaking of the fourth wall, the yep. nonlinear storytelling. I mean, even if you watch Deadpool, it's all flipping through time until you get to the third act, and that's exactly what happens in this movie. Once they all get together for the third act, it goes. It's just pretty much straight storytelling. We're no longer doing any hopping around. Um, 
you give us a, I think this is Marlo Margot Robbie's best performance because she gets to do more depth and she has more time to develop the character. That's one of the biggest pluses to this film. There um, were some scenes like, so I try to go in this movie positive because when I watched it a few weeks ago, it was my second time watching this movie because I, so many things made me mad, which, which I'll unload in a second. But, um, you saw more of Harleen in this. Yes. Like a lot of people look at, look at, okay. The, the, the things that annoy me about Harley Quinn is when she's way too over the top and they, and they're trying to make her Deadpool like, and she's just way over the top and she shoved down my throat. <laughs> but the interesting things of Harleen that, that I think people forget um, or the Harleen sign is that this girl has a PhD. This mm -hmm. she is a doctor of psychiatry. She's actually really, really freaking smart, and 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 a lot of times they play her overly stupid, and that's not like that's not the side that I particularly like. I mean, you you know you like what you like, but I liked in this that she was she was like motherly or big sistery. A little bit to Cassandra, um, you know, she was realizing how the Joker treated her like trash. She was seeing how like how these men were just treating women like trash. Like, and she 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 was smart in some scenes. Like this this really was a great performance by Margot um, as as a character. The whole the whole bacon egg and cheese sandwich thing I can totally relate to. Like not many people can make a really good one, but that was her passion. That's what she wanted. And I thought that, that was good humor. Like that wasn't over the top. That was just like, that was really well-written humor there. Um, but it's when it goes a little too far, like trying too hard that I feel that Harley Quinn just, it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, the third, okay. The third act for me feels a little off. And I say that because once you and McGregor as black mask puts the mask on, I'm wondering if a lot of that's reshoots because the setting style changes. It's more of this like playful fun house. There's a definitely a slight tone shift when we get to the third act um, as far as setting. And like I said, it's you and in the mask. It makes me wonder if it was actually him the whole time or if it was reshoots or not. I don't know. Um, the, if I remember right, the the big scene, the big action scene um, in the police station was actually directed by somebody else. I'm trying, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. I had, oh, it was a stunt director. With the confetti gun? Yeah, like yeah. it was a stunt director. Because you can definitely tell, like, it just doesn't fit the rest of Kathy Ann's tone. Um, So I feel like they were trying too hard at certain parts and it should have just been Harley Quinn. And then it should have been a surprise. That the birds of prey come out because the first thing is when you think birds of prey, it's supposed to be Batgirl. She's supposed to be there. I think Oracle Batgirl Huntress black canary and whoever their pilot's name is. I keep forgetting where's the jacket with the bird on it. What the hell? Yeah, is I, I can't remember either. Um, Night, nightingale, night, night. I don't know. That sounds some like that, some like that. But she's not used too much. Um, I think a little bit Catwoman sometimes. Um, but I definitely think Oracle above every, anybody, mm -hmm. and I think Gail Simone writing and just pure awesomeness. 
I, yeah. Ugh. So, Birds of Prey comic was something special. Black Canary in this movie, I have no problems with. She worked. She was fine. That's fair. She has a metahuman power that we don't really understand in explaining this, but I was like, you know what? Maybe they'll do it later as we develop the film because we were supposed to get more out of it. Okay. Yeah, let's break it down character by character. Let's do that. Black Canary, I'm with you. No real problem. Huntress, I didn't have a problem with. I did a little bit. I I was fine with her. um, You know, it's supposed to be her first coming out kind of as Huntress. And kind of getting her her vibe. Um, once again, I was like, okay, it gives us somewhere to go when I'm developing her more in a sequel. Okay. Montoya was horrible. All right. <laughs> you, 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 okay, you go on your Montoya rant, then I will go on my huge Montoya rant. I mean, I, I'm just saying because Montoya, first of all, is a great character. She's younger. She's not Rosie Perez. Um, I'm just saying Montoya was horrible. And then... <sighs> Cassandra Kane was bullshit <laughs> because she is a she is a mute assassin who has psychological torment and issues, not some street kid. Yeah, she. There is nothing about this character other than she's Asian and named Cassandra Kane that was like the combo character. I'm not going to waste all my time going breaking it all down. Um but it was a horrible depiction of the character. I thought Zaz was pretty creepy. I think he did. He did all right. Um, and of course you and McGregor, I love his black mask. I liked because it was, he was creepy in a different way, especially how quickly he could flip from being this kind, like the, with the family where he's like, let them live. And then he's like, no, kill him. Cause the guy had snot. So, it was a different take than just seeing another kind of cookie cutter villain. Um, but that's all I got to say about birds of prey. It's not one of my favorites. I don't rewatch that often. Um, I think the last time I watched is when Janine and I did our comment on it, waiting for the suicide squad. So Brian, uh, this movie's trash, absolute trash. Um, one of the worst DC films ever, uh, so far from the source material, we can't even like what the hell? Where the hell's Oracle? Where the hell's Batgirl? Bullcrap. Uh, Harley was fine. Let's get that out of the way. Margot did pretty pretty great as Harley. Um, Huntress, yeah, okay. Uh, Black Canary, I really have no complaints with really at all. I, I thought she did pretty 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 darn good. Black Canary was probably the best of the team. Uh, done well because she sang. She had the canary cry. It was fun. It was good. Um, Montoya. Montoya is one of my favorite characters in comics. If you want to read a great comic and a great freaking story featuring Renee Montoya, you read Greg Rucka's Gotham Central. One of the greatest comic runs like ever. Um, it's, a det- it's a hard detective story. Uh, there's cameos of Batman villains. There's cameos of Batman in there. And it's just it's just so damn good. Also in that story, um, Two Face is obsessed with her. Uh, she comes out as a lesbian, and we just get this real human story with Renee, and it's so good. In this movie, if I was in a Birds Prey movie, I would have had probably Rosario, Rosario Dawson. I can't even test her name as Renee. Would have freaking nailed it. Would have killed it. Blew it away. It definitely would have been a younger uh, Latina woman 
not Rosie Perez. What the hell? Um, and Rath. Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane probably pisses me off more than Renee because at least they made at least they made Rosie a detective. What the hell is this? Oh my god! So oh, this makes me so mad. Okay, Cassandra Cain is one of the greatest characters in comics, one of the greatest female characters in comics. Silent assassin. Her her dad was was Kane, one of the greatest assassins of all time. Trained since a child, she couldn't even speak. The Batgirl costume that she wears, stitched over her mouth, looks freaking awesome. Looks creepy, <coughs> badass. She could rival. She she could beat up Dick Grayson. She she can rival Batman. One of the greatest characters ever. So good. She even leads the League of Assassins. Raza goes League of Assassins. She even leads it for a time. Um, she can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Deathstroke. One of the greatest characters ever. And you make her a pickpocket freaking turd. Ugh, so mad. Okay. <sighs> Sorry. Just It's not Birds of Prey. And then Ewan McGregor, like Black Mask loves torture. He loves torture. Like that's his big thing. Peeling people's face off, he would do it. Not make Zaz do it. He would do it himself. So, like, that was weird. And then, like, the OCD thing was kind of okay, but it ruined his him being a, a lover of torture. Like, yeah. Um, him making that girl dance was a great scene, one of the best scenes in the film, because it showed just how power-hungry he is. And, like... That was that was real and how evil he was, just embarrassing that girl. Um, this movie, pure trash. Um, and it made me it makes me very nervous that Christina Hansen is going to be a writer for the DCU and a big, big name there. She also wrote The Flash, but then she also wrote Bumblebee, which was so good. Um, I hope that she can get her stride again. And that's all I got to say about Birds of Prey, it's trash. But not as trash as the next film. Okay. So the next film. All right. We knew that after the, the hit that Wonder Woman would be, there'd be a sequel. Yes. So now we're moving back to April 24th, 2018. Wonder Woman 2 is confirmed to take place in the 80s. Official title revealed as Wonder Woman 1984. Now. I was actually excited I, about the 80s. I was not. Because at this point, <laughs> I, f I felt like we were burning out the 80s. Because we had Stranger Things. We had all this other stuff where we kept going back to the 80s. I wanted something in the 90s. Especially after we got Captain Marvel that took place in the 90s. And I'm like, I feel like, you know, one. my thought was Wonder Woman 84 is going to come out. And that's going to be our last kind of like 80s nostalgia film. Um. June 13th, 2018, the first look at Wonder Woman 1984 is revealed. Dun, dun, dun. The movie also begins filming. Begins filming in 2018. Okay. So, the next thing about Wonder Woman 1984 is... Um, right here, December 23rd, 2018, Wonder Woman... 1984 wraps filming. So December 23rd, 2018. And this film was supposed to release in 2019. It was going to be like November of 2019. But then they decided they were going to push it to early 2020. Big mistake. 
So the next big thing is the statement of Wonder Woman 1984 is pushed back because of the COVID pandemic. So March 24th, 2020, Wonder Woman 84 is delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. That makes sense. June 12th, 2020, Wonder Woman 1984 delayed again to October due to the COVID <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're, <coughs> excuse me. We're like, okay. Okay. We're, we're digging. It makes you know, sense. We're COVID, you know, no one can see in theaters, you know, they know it's going to be six, like in my mind was like, oh, okay. So they know this movie's good, you know, so, you know, they're waiting. So September 13th, 2020, Wonder Woman 1984 delayed to Christmas. Now, I don't, I mean, I'm, it's COVID. So like release date shuffling, I get it. Okay. November 18th, 2020, Wonder Woman 1984 is confirmed to be released day and date on HBO Max and in theaters. The hybrid release strategy would have a major impact on the DCEU Huge in 2021. Mistake. Big mistake. I don't, I think they should just put it straight on Max and not do the hybrid. Yep. But whatever. Um, Let's see if there's anything else. Here we go. December 25th, Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 1984 releases. While the film was initially met with praise on Rotten Tomatoes, the number eventually fell drastically to 58 as a far more mixed reaction from critics. Though critics and fans viewed the film as a major step down from the original, it would end up being a massive hit on HBO Max. Well, no shit. That single-handedly kick-started awareness for the streaming service. Despite a poor box office due to COVID-19, the film did exactly what Warner Brothers wanted it to do. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Like it um, would be hyped because it was on Max. Like it was, it was exciting. I mean, did yep. you watch it on Christmas Day? Um, I don't think I did. I don't remember when I watched it. I it was, I don't know. It was around that Christmas time. Oh no, no wait. Okay, so. I think I watched it. Oh, okay. All I remember about when I watched it is that I started it and then Dave surprised visited me. My buddy Dave surprised visited me. And then he was here for a couple of days and then like I didn't I didn't finish it until until uh after he left and stuff. So I don't remember exactly when I watched it. Oh, I do. We we had Christmas, we went to the in-laws and everything. We came home that night, we all were in our new PJs, we all you know, turned on Max and we were watching it and we were having a good time. But about halfway through it, I was like, this movie is not that good. Oh, only halfway. Um, Cause I was giving it the benefit of the doubt to be like, okay. And tonally this movie is so different continuity. They just screwed. And that's why you have to apply crisis theory that we discussed in our previous episode. Um, Kristen Wing, major miscast as Cheetah. Humongous um, miscast. Not that she's a bad actress, because she's she's not. I mean she's not she's not it just she's she atrocious, did not. but as Cheetah. Psh, no. There's so many story choices in this that boggle my mind. It's an over convoluted plot, and I feel like sometimes that's what happens when you get comic book writers involved. Because for some reason comic book writers want to make things more convoluted and love like layered than just making it like a straightforward story. Um, I'm not going to go into it. Like me and Brian have done previous podcasts where we've pitched what could have been from this film um, and what would have been a better story for 
Diana and Minerva. But yeah, we pitch our whole like sister story. Um, I think the yeah. whole point, the whole thing with the Amazons at the beginning is pointless. I, I don't like it because they say you cheated Diana. Well, the way it's filmed and done, I don't see her as cheating as much as finding a shortcut to help benefit her to win a race. We never get the rules. I mean, yeah, she missed shooting the flag thing, which makes sense that she would lose. But it literally makes no sense. I'm like, if you would have like had something where they laid out the rules about what we were experiencing, then yeah, the whole cheating thing would have been, but it's like one of those where you do a scene and you're trying to like hammer a message into us out of it. That would have worked. I would have preferred more with the armor at the beginning. Um, or, you know, just not had like the Amazons absent from this film. We would have felt that absence and been, you know, wanting more for a good, strong return to paradise Island third film. But I just, I, or that could have been a really cool short film. You know, if you want to make money, that's on the blu-ray, <laughs> you know, the home release. So everyone snatches it up because they want to see that Amazon scene. Um, this one, it definitely, it just, <sighs> this is an example. Okay. Of when the director does well, and then you give them complete control for the next one. Yep. And we had examples, good and bad. Tim Burton, okay, the first I'm film. Glad you said that. I was going to say that. Batman eighty nine is kind of I say a director producer joint. Okay, second one, Batman Returns, Tim Burton film, straight up. Wonder through Woman and through Tim Burton film. Director producer joint. Wonder Woman two. Patty Jenkins. That's why she ended up losing Wonder Woman 3. She lost Cleopatra. She lost Star Wars because they finally saw what she was doing on her own. <laughs> um, oh, I forgot about Cleopatra. Um, wow. Shazam. Or not, Shaz- not Shazam. Sorry. Uh-huh. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, and Thor, Ragnarok. Oh, first one, they had Ty- Taika a little bit more, you know, reeled in. The next one, they just let him do whatever. That's why it's tonally just out there more. Um, Not to mention him, he hates Thor and like he doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, he's he's come out with a lot of stuff. I won't go into that, but that to me is just being a douche. Um, so you, you have this where you, you let the director kind of run wild doing the sequel and like, and I feel like you know they they change up so much and they throw a lot of continuity, a lot of structure out the wind with this one. And it just feels weird. It's not the same character that we love. The story's so... Oh, man, like... There's just things in this. The whole Cheetah story. The whole wish with Maxwell Lord and not and not, and not really being Maxwell Lord. Being only Maxwell Lord in name only. You know? Yeah, the, nowhere near the Maxwell Lord that freaking kills Ted Cord And, like, in Infinite Crisis, that whole story. And, you know had was mind controlling a Superman to kill somebody and wonder woman had no choice, but to snap his neck. Like it, it makes the, the Maxwell Lord that was on Supergirl season one, like the closest Maxwell Lord we've had. <laughs> <coughs> um, I mean, like I said, this just, yeah, I just, I do not, uh, I just, I don't, I don't really like this one. I, I it, it breaks my heart to say because I like Gal. I really came around to her. Um, Hans Zimmer did the score for this, and I feel like he his version of the Wonder Woman theme is weak. 
Um, I mean, just yeah. Overall, like I'm just not happy with this one. Like the it didn't it didn't take full advantage of the '80s. So why put it in nope. the '80s? Right. Um, I don't, I don't. There's a lot. Like I said, I could break down about the whole story, but I've had that discussion. So yeah, not a huge fan. Um, this movie is an abomination of God, man. Like, <laughs> how do you go from the near masterpiece of Wonder Woman one, and how good that was? Like, how strong that was for a female lead. The no man's land scene, the her relationship with Steve, her chemistry, her naiveness. Um, it it was great. The first one is so good, and it's because you had Zach there who understood the freaking character. Like, can you can you think of another comic book series where we go from that you kill a franchise in one film so badly? Like you go from like amazing in the first film. Then so different by the second film that it kills it. Uh, well, maybe. M- m- well, maybe Punisher. Maybe. Yeah, but that one's different because well, that was a soft reboot. That was like meant had- to be. Yeah, that was meant to be a soft reboot, and it was meant to be more comic booky. Um, but this is like you have the same creatives behind, like the same director, same actor. Um, you know the the two of the biggest parts of components of the film are back. You can almost say, well, it's not really uh, the first movie to the to the direct sequel, but Blade Two to Blade Three, that's the closest yeah. comparison you can get. Yeah, and I was saying that's that's a second to a third. You yeah. know what I'm saying because because Blade is one of those odd trilogies where the second one's the best. The second one's so good. Um, other than let me think here. Uh. I can't, I mean I cannot think of anything where Maybe, just no, there's such that. a such a kill in the second film that you're just like oh my gosh like this is so devoid of what the first film was. Yeah, I can't think of any other on top of my head. But Wonder Woman 1, I mean, it's so good. One of the definitely top tiers. And to go and do a whole 180 here. What were they thinking? Like you barely get any of the 80s, where which would have kind of like if you're going to make this a sales pitch, Wonder Woman 84. Like, in my opinion, you you should have made it more Cold War-ish. Like, if 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 you're going to do World War One and have her do that story with World War One, like, why didn't you do this like Cold War-ish, like pre Chernobyl type stuff, like? You know, you, you could have made it a little bit like Russian stuff there. Um, Kristen Wiig was miscast. The, and, and if you were going to do anything, it should have been probably like a sister story where when Kristen becomes a cheetah, it's like a huge betrayal. Because uh, Diana, you know, like Diana was mourning the loss of Steve and she really had no friends. She really had no connection. She couldn't go back home to Themyscira, you know. So her finally having a friend after, you know, 40 years. Uh, we should just, we needed to see their friendship. We needed to see them blossom. And the cheetah story was done horribly. Horrible. Um, also, I always said, like, okay, look at Wonder Woman, J. Michael Straczynski's Wonder Woman Odyssey. Is where she kind of wears a black leather jacket. She has her chest armor and like black leather pants. You could have easily taken the idea of that costume and made it 80s fied. 
with like the leather and everything and given her a different outfit than just the regular Wonder Woman suit and then the armor. Like it would have been really cool to have almost a completely different looking Wonder Woman. But still, like look it up. Like you said, Wonder Woman Odyssey is the book series. It would have worked and been so great. And it just because once again, I'm a continuity person and this movie just craps on continuity period. And that's why we had to put crisis theory. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think like Pedro Pascal is a, is a really good movie. And this is the movie that kind of, um, put his career a little bit higher. Um, but I don't think you need Maxwell Lord at all. The wish thing didn't make sense. But for me, the, the, the two biggest things here is that you get this like first 15 minutes, you get action. This movie is like two and a half hours long. The first 15 minutes, you get action. You get that opening Amazon scene. Then you see, you know, Gal and in the mall. And the thing about Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is she has a grace about her. She like she has this beauty and grace about her and this warmness that makes her like even more beautiful at times because and and she shines Wonder Woman and and how she interacts with people like when you get those scenes of her interacting with people especially like little girls and children and stuff like that's the wonder woman i want to see where she's where she's showing hope and she's showing love to people and and being that inspiration for little girls like i want to see that and we got that in wonder woman we got that in in, in the snyder cut like we and there's so much potential for gal gadot um and it, it breaks my heart to see her go. But the biggest thing about this movie, like you, you have that 15 minutes of action. You don't get any action scene at all until a whole hour and 10 minutes more. You don't get any action. And you get all this like weird character building and, and the stuff with Steve. And the biggest disgusting thing is... Why don't you just bring Steve back from the dead? If she can, mm. if she can have a witch, and and just bring him back, why do you put him in this rando's body? Like, how did that get by all the scripts, all the people that have to approve exactly. the story and the movie? How does that? Uh, um, you could have just had him come back. I mean, we're already bought into that this guy's granting wishes. Yep. So the fact you can't argue me, well, he doesn't have a body to come back to. It's a wish machine. Okay. Um, it's, you can make it work however you want. So that whole thing, stupid. And I say it stupid because I mean, I, I love Chris Pine and I totally want Chris Pine back, but you should have just um, made it simple. Yeah. Made it and, simple. Just bring him back from the dead. Um, he didn't need to be in another body. That was just really weird. Um, and I didn't like how she was pining from him so much. Like I know she loves him, but it it like it weakened her. If you it will. weakened her, like yeah. I would have preferred the movie open. Okay, this sounds horrible. Okay, but I would have preferred the movie opened at like Edda's funeral. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah, that it's, it's, it's her putting to like there's an action scene, and she's trying to get like she's on her way to the funeral, but she gets distracted. There's an action scene. And it's her putting the rest, the last of her friends. So now she's now she has even more of a reason to close off. We meet that Edda had a daughter, and the daughter's trying to reach out. So it got, yeah, so Diana was, and Diana's like, no, good. 
like she's really closing off because that was her last tether to the world. There were these people. And I mean, this movie could have been in a sense, the captain America movie we wanted of him and the howling commandos. It could have been the next adventure or the last adventure of wonder woman with it, with the aging people who are like, this is our last go almost like a suicide mission for them. Diana still looks young. They all are old, but they're doing something kind of like a magnificent seven kind of thing. Like we're going to do something cool. You know, like that could have been the film and Brian and I as dudes could have written a more female empowered film than what we got. Absolutely. I'm done with it. I'm done with this film. And scene. scene. The movie was trash. Um, Next on the list. Chronologically um, it is, you know, Snyder cat did come out next. But we talk about that with our crisis stuff. So next, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Mother Flippin' Gun. All right. So look, going back into this takes us back a while. Lay it on me. Lay it on me, film guy. <laughs> James Gunn uh, gets fired from because of cancel culture and old tweets from way back. And I won't get into that whole thing. Just Yeah, we whatever. don't need to get into that. Um, he gets fired, fired from Marvel from doing the third guardians film uh dc immediately scoops him up um trying to find out where it's announced hold on and because at one point gavin hood or not Gavin, yeah gavin hood yeah was going to direct the suicide squad 2 okay or should i say suicide squad 2 who is a gavin hood he directed ender's game and i think he was the one uh he directed x-men origins wolverine and then also they talked to the guy, Gavin O'Connor. Sorry, that's who I met, who did uh, The Accountant with Ben Affleck. He was going to be directing Suicide Squad 2. And this is October 9th of 18. October 9th, 2018. <laughs> Same day. Uh, oh, so sorry. October 9th, 2018, Gavin O'Connor leaves, saying the main reason was because he was frustrated with how similar his movie was to Birds of Prey. That same day, James Gunn is hired to direct Suicide Squad 2. So we're in 2018. All right, fellas. Moving forward now. March 6, 2019. Idris Elba will replace Will Smith in, in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Very- so basically, you can say whatever you want. And I just even said there were times he didn't know what character he was playing because it was supposed to be the Deadshot character, then they ended up making him Bloodsport to give him someone different. But, you know, there was, it was between Bloodsport, Bronze Tiger, and Deadshot. So Elba's even said he wasn't sure exactly what character he was all the time. So that's pretty much I do up. love how they made fun of it in the movie when they introduced Peacemaker. John he does the Cena? same thing I do. John Cena is cast as Peacemaker. And then Margot Robbie would return April 17th, 2019, April 29th, 19, David Dusmalshian is cast as polka dot man. April 30th, Danica Melchior as rat catcher. So that's, you know, we're making progress. Um, we'll see here. Keep going. Keep going. September 19th, 2019, the suicide squad begins filming. Okay, so we're make, we're making headway, all right. And then comes 
uh, February 28th, 2020, the Suicide Squad wraps filming. So it wrapped filming right before the shutdown. March 6th, James Gunn gives his stance on CGI versus practical effects. He said on Twitter that CGI can be beautiful and spectacular if necessary, that he was concerned about filmmakers relying on post-production to do the work they should be doing in production. Fair enough. Wait, repeat comes, that? What did he say? He said that filmmakers often rely too much on post-production to do things they should have done in their productions, Yeah, relying too heavily on CGI. Absolutely. Absolutely true. June 15th, Preach. 2020. James Gunn reveals The Suicide Squad title. Um, he was going to say origins but then they just said put the suicide squad on there so that's how the movie got its title okay august 22nd 2020 james gunn reveals the full cast okay that's when we got like all these people that were like whoa whoa cool cool like nathan fillion we saw that joel kinnaman was back i was really excited for nate being cast and like i was and they were very secret of who the heck he would play like they even changed my, the name of what the character is in the comic books to the movie. <laughs> like, so you didn't really know. I, I've said this before is for a suicide squad sequel. All you need was Joel Kinnaman and Viola Davis <laughs> since they're the head, <laughs> yeah. pro, you know, like you can mix up the other characters. That's what makes the suicide squads to good property. All right. And then let's see here. Uh, September 23rd, 2020, the show that no one knew they wanted, a Peacemaker show, is announced on HBO Max. Yes, absolutely. Who would have thought thought that John Cena would be that freaking hilarious? What's hilarious? I knew he was funny, but not that funny. Side note about how important a good director is and about casting, you and I went and saw Fast uh, X together. Right? No, sorry, Fast no, Nine. We did not. We saw Fast Nine, I think. Maybe. And John, yeah, it was Fast Nine because John Cena is in it. And we were both like, I've seen him do better. He's not doing that great. Then that same year, The Suicide Squad comes out and he's fantastic in it. Yeah, he felt like it, it almost seemed like he was uncomfortable in Fast Nine. Right. But like, but The Suicide Squad, psh, he was unleashed. November 11th, 2020, The Legend, Robert Patrick. Is cast as the main villain and peacemaker. Yes, I'm bringing up peacemaker because it ties into the conversation. Um, and let's see. Let's get to. Let's get to the release. January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Peacemaker begins filming. Peacemaker is very much tied into just the Suicide Squad. Period. So, basically, a sequel, like a direct sequel. And we've said this before that retroactively Peacemaker makes The Suicide Squad a better movie. Yeah, yeah, that could, yeah, that could be agreed. Okay, gotta load more here. July, nope, hold on, my bad. So is there something before August 5th, 2021 when it releases? I don't think so. All right, uh, August 5th, July 27th. Okay. Margot Robbie calls the Suicide Squad the greatest comic book f- film ever made. Of course they do. <laughs> August 5th, it releases. All right. We received critical praise with many calling it the best DCEU movie ever. 
Despite the mute box office due to the pandemic, the Delta variant, and the day and date HBO Max release, the film would be a major hit for HBO Max and solidify James Gunn at DC. Boom. This is this is other. Um, this one it was just I couldn't find the time, and it was just too easy for Jenny and I to watch at home on Max. I remember I remember it like it was yesterday. We put the kids to bed, we popped some popcorn, we sat back here on the couch, turned it on, and watched it. And I, I watched it the first day it was released. I watched that evening. And then I think I watched it again the next day or the day after the next day because it very was a movie that deserves two viewings. Um, because there is stuff in it that kind of just catches you off guard, and you're like, huh, okay. Like, right. like totally missing that that uh, um, Sean Gunn was Calendar Man. Like, totally missed that. I mean, just the opening scene. I mean, this is a spoiler podcast, but like the fact that how much James. Like, okay, let's let's compare this. In the first Suicide Squad film, we knew Slipknot was dead from the beginning. Absolutely, there was no marketing with him, no toy, no uh, hype for him. Even the way it's edited, where we're introduced to every character but him, we knew he is dead. James Gunn straight up like hypes up everyone that's in this movie. Never saw that coming, man. Never you saw know, that freaking coming. Everybody, like the way they edited the trailers and stuff, every like you really didn't know what to expect. He's hyping up everybody. He's promoting with everybody. Mongal, Nathan Fillion's in this movie. Um, what the hell is the Pete, dude? That, Pete Davis Pete Davis in this movie. Blackguard. Um. um Michael Fuel, Roker is savant. The guy who plays the javelin can never say his name correctly. Like, and that dude got in wicked shape too. Yeah, he did. Okay, <laughs> so the fact that Not you the, know this Captain scene, Boomerang, and then Captain Boomerang returns. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. that's awesome. Guy Courtney's back, his best role ever. Um, and then that scene where they all just get killed. They all get slaughtered, man. And I mean, it is so. I literally like. Junia was shocked, but I laughed so hard when Blackguard gets shot in the face <laughs> at the beginning. And then everyone dies on the beach, and you're just like, you're like oh my huh. gosh, well, what the hell? And then they kind of do like a side cutback, but then they never go back to those characters, really. Nope. Harley is the only one to live. And I told you, like, I felt like I felt like Boomerang was gonna die in the movie just because it's kind of like Randy and Scream 2. You bring him back, but some, one of the originals gotta die, you know? <sighs> Um, but dude, it was one of those, like, I was laughing cause I'm just like, I can't believe he pulled this off and this is what he's doing. And, and, all then, these and then right there, Waller. All right. Team two, uh, how you team two, you doing good? Yeah. Oh and God. I loved, I loved, I loved how the opening, the opening song, like, you know, <coughs> like these are my friend who died, died. And they're all placing bets. On who the heck's gonna blow? They're like, oh, oh, this weasel guy. Like he, yeah, he's gonna make it. TDK, what the hell is he? You know, fifty bucks on TDK, whatever. Like that was great. That was so good. That was I, hilarious. I enjoy this movie. It's it. I, it's not one I go back to a lot because of the R rating. Just because it's not one I can throw in the background with the kids around. You know that affects how often I get to watch some of these films. Because if it's something I can throw around in the background with the kids, I'm good. You know, but this one I can't. Um, I my only real negative about this film, I have two things, kind of comments. One, I felt like they wrote the script without Harley, 
but they found a way to bring her in because everything she does feels like a side mission because they weren't sure if Margo was going to come back or not, but they found a way to keep her in things and get her back into play. Um, and the others, I do not like this version of King shark as far as like the kind of dumbed down simpleton. I understand like, why James did it. I, I do you too. Know, I just don't like, hand. I would much prefer just take out all Sylvester's, uh, language and put Ron Funches in there and just put his dialogue in there. I don't even care what he's saying. Just that is my King shark right there from Harley Quinn. Like, yeah. So that is my biggest kind of gripe about this movie is just kind of the, well, the, I mean, the overweight kind of dumbed down surfer, yeah. uh, simpleton. Um, I gotta say, I love this movie. I love it. Um, I th- I think every character every character gets growth. Every character has a purpose. Um, every care you know every character has a story. You know King Shark's main story is like he can't be with other people. He's never had a friend. He's never had someone to show him love um, and actually care about him. And you know they they treat him like a moron. So he kind of like is a moron. You know because he's never. He, all he does is eat. Like that's all he knows. Um, so kind of growing with that, you know, with rat, with with rat catcher, and uh, and bloodsport. I was this close to saying Deadshot um, <laughs> with bloodsport. You know, and you know, and and just like the the great jokes, the team dynamic, polka dot man story with his mom, hilarious. And the best part of the whole, the best thing in the whole movie. Is is a little rivalry with Peacemaker and and Bloodsport, like you know, uh, you know I never miss. Well, I never miss either. Like I could shoot bullets that go through your bullets. Well, how would you do that? <laughs> Smaller bullets. It's like no one Dude. likes to show off. They do when it's dope as f. He's like, <laughs> you know? he's right. It gets it's, like oh, I love it. I, Dude, I love team. this movie. The, you have to have a darker sense of humor just to kind of roll with some of it. The scene where they go through the camp and they kill everybody, and it's them competing against each other to find out that that camp is actually the good guys. <laughs> like, yep. they're like, God, why didn't my men alert me? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I like. And they're doing I that like, montage where like Peacemaker just takes that like little. He's just like chopping that dude like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Joel Kinnaman in this, I liked him as flag much more. Um, he was much better as flag in this much better. It just seemed like everyone's having a good time. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those films that I feel had a nice balance of James Gunn's style and humor. Um, it still worked. It made you think, that but it DC also was earned, back on the right direction it earned its r rating absolutely like, this, this absolutely. is a movie that said i'm rated r i'm gonna take advantage of the rated r okay and this this is a movie that you really can't edit without being drastically crazy to be um you know a pg-13 unlike birds of prey so, um, thumbs up this movie <laughs> thumbs up and all right the, and then, yeah, the, the the last part of our discussion here would be Peacemaker, Peacemaker. Um, which we, that's why we were mentioning it as we were 
um, going through this. So January 13th, the show's great. <laughs> Peacemaker releases. The show would receive universal praise from critics with many fans calling it the best comic book show of the year. The show would go on to solidify John Cena as an actor. Um, February 16th, Peacemaker is renewed for season two, confirming the show to be a big hit for HBO Max. Okay. I've watched the whole series twice. It is a little rough to binge. I'll say that. Because some of the That's humor fair. does get some of the humor does get old when you watch it back to back to back to back. Um the but, but some of it like it's it's even if you don't like some of the low-hanging fruit jokes, the characters are so well written and done and embodied by the actors and emotional that you feel it. Like like I said, retroactively, like John Cena is so great as peacemaker, and this is being conflicted about what is right, what is wrong, who is good, who he is, um, why he's obsessed with the idea of peace, what is peace. Robert Patrick is like the best bad guy ever. Like he is such a piece of crap. Yes, he is. Um, I mean, even some of the actors in it that you'll watch that are like, I don't know who that is, but I've seen them in many things. Um, the Canadian actors that they get to be the background characters and stuff are just so good. And it, it really is a, like um, the actress. I, I can't like um, I can't, who plays Leota uh, Amanda Waller's daughter. I can't Adebayo. pronounce it. Yeah. She is so great in this. And like just her, she is um, with, with, you know, Chris, the violence is over the top, but it's made to be that way. Because I think, you know, we've, we've said this before, one of James Gunn's specialties is taking characters that are obscure, keeping core elements, but then molding them to something more that we can identify with. And that's what intrigues me about with Superman Legacy is because it's the first time he's playing with a major character that you can't do that with. Yep. You know, he can't make James Gunn Superman. He has to make Superman. Um, but like you can make, no one gives a crap about peacemaker. Okay. They do now. They do now, but nobody did then. So you could do and make fun and make him like an eighties metal head, you know? Um, and everyone's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's peacemaker. Who cares? Um, but Superman. Nope. I I can't fire a gun without the dove of peace. You know, even vigilante, like it's like, eh, okay. Like they did, they did Adrian Chase completely different <coughs> than what he is in the comics, but he's so dang entertaining. He's so dang entertaining. <laughs> when, when he, yeah, when my he, girlfriend's pregnant, but uh, we're not going to keep it. Uh, you want to come to the party? <laughs> uh, when he has to get himself arrested and put in prison, where he's going to kill Peacemaker's dad, and he's like, that whole scene is like, just pisses off all the white supremacists. <laughs> And he's fighting with him, but he can't fight because it's, he got his pinky toe jacked up, <laughs> yeah. like half cut off. And he's like ah, trying to kick like it's a, I remember that one because I was sitting there eating cereal, watching with Jania, and I was laughing so hard that like I was spitting it out and I was just like coughing because I was like choking. But I was laughing so hard at that scene. Um, And I mean, of course, the opening dance scene, like. Who doesn't love that? The best one, well, probably, probably the best opening opening credit scene of any superhero show. Like so dang funny. Uh, do you really do? You really want to taste it? And then, and then, like the best part is when they go to the Robert Patrick, and he's just like does a cross chop and like you know 
It's like he's like, oh, he's like he's like I'm Robert Patrick. I'm too old to be dancing. You're just gonna accept That's that right. I'm doing this. You'll get the thrust, baby. <laughs> but this, yeah, Suicide Squad and and Peacemaker are so funny. Um, it makes me very excited for what Gun can do. Um, like what he's gonna do with Creature Commandos. Because uh, yeah. Commandos not very well known, you know. Um, but it makes me even more curious for Superman for sure, because it you know you, you, you like you, you can't have Superman doing certain things, that, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's very intriguing. So all right, we got one more to talk about, right? One more, this- where the whole hierarchy of DC would change forever. So this is, so that's 2021. Now we're going to do um, the final year, which is 2022 of films that were released. Wait, what year is it? What, what year are we talking about? We're it doesn't 20... matter what year you're talking about. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because technically Peacemaker came out in 20, January of 2022. Um, and Black Adam would be released. Now, I'm going back through here, and I'm not going to go all the way back because, you know, technically Dwayne Johnson... We mentioned it briefly in Shazam when he was cast to be Black Adam or when they decided to split Black Adam into its its own film. The next biggest news is in June 7th, 2019. I'm not going to pronounce his name. Colette Sarah is announced as the director of Black Adam. That's the next big pinnacle in getting this movie off the ground. We finally have a director. The Rock have been fighting to have this movie done. Um, He gets the director... All things are go. We're revving up. Okay. And then a little thing called the COVID pandemic. So on April 13th, 2020, Black Adam filming delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, so let's see here. I have to go through a bunch of other stuff to get back to. Here we go. August 22nd, 2020, The Rock confirms that Black Adam would feature the JSA. Got me so excited. So excited. (laughs) September 25th, 2020, Aldous Hodge is cast as Hawkman. I had seen Aldous Hodge in Supernatural. I had seen him in uh, the Invisible Man movie that had recently come out. Um, He was in a show called Leverage that I watched some of. So I was pretty like, okay, I can roll with this. I'm like, I can, I can roll with this. This is cool. Um, let's see here. Keep going. Keep going. Walter. Hum- now this is important because um, during 2020 is when the whole Walter Hamada issues with Ray Fisher comes out. And that's mentioned. Yep. I bring that, I bring that up because that's all going on um, during this time, because this will affect the leadership that comes about during black Adam. March 24th, 2020 career for the rest of his life. Yes. <laughs> uh, March 24th, 2021. Pierce Brosnan is cast as Dr. Fate. Woo-hoo! That was amazing. Perfect casting. When that was announced, man, I think like I texted or called you and I was like, dude, yes. April 10th, 2021. Black Adam begins filming. And the hierarchy of power was going to get. Hierarchy of power. Oh, jeez. <sighs> if you smell. July 15th, 2021. 
2021. What the rock of a Black Adam raps filming. Dum dum dum. Dum dum dum. Now, is there any big Black Adam stuff before the release? Let's see here. Uh, no. yeah, not okay, the biggest thing, this is worth mentioning. February 11th, 2022, DC releases the World Needs Heroes trailer. This trailer would advertise four DC films for 2022. The Batman, Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman, and The Lost Kingdom. That's important to know. That is important to know. Because that was like one of the coolest things ever. Okay, April 14th, 2022, new WB boss. David Zaslaw wants to overhaul DC and form an entirely separate studio for the franchise. The which beginning we, had of saying, the end. we had been saying for a long time that it needed its own studio. July 23rd, the rock is booed as DC or as San Diego comic-con after it was falsely reported that Henry Cavill would show up and announce his return as, as, as Superman. That's stupid because that's just people wish thinking the rock not even booed. taking yeah, he was kind of booed that there Henry was did. reported that it would show up and announce. Oh, okay. He said he would show up and announce. Yeah. Oh, my apologies. October 12th, 2022, The Rock teases the return of Henry Cavill. October 17th, The Rock says he wants Black Adam to face off against Superman. October 21st, 2022, Black Adam releases in theaters. The film would go on to bomb at the box office with $393 million next to a budget of two sixty. The main reason for the ballooning budget was because of extensive reshoots. Critics were also not too kind on the film, panning it as generic, formulaic, and uninteresting. October 22nd, 2022, Black Adam 2 is announced. Same day. October 22nd. Same release that was announced? I totally forgot about that. Um, well, because of the... The, the 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 Henry Cavill Superman scene, no doubt. So October twenty second, it, it's reported that the Rock went over the head of Walter Hamada directly to the WB executives to get Henry Cavill back. This is when Hamada steps down as DC president, October twenty third. Now, when Hamada steps down, Deluca, okay, was already. Um, working under Hamada when all the kind of crap was going down, you know, he was being forced out. So it's, it's DeLuca who is the interim working uh, head of what would be DC that starts to get the Henry Cavill stuff going. So he's the one kind of like, all right, we're gonna bring Henry back. Let's shoot this scene. Um, he's the one that had the Henry scene for the flash because that's where they were going to go. They were working with, um, you know, Hamada had been kind of out without being out officially at this time. And DeLuca and his partner, who I can't remember the name, I had it written down, but I don't have it. They're the interims. So they're the ones who are like, okay, we're going to do this with Henry. We're going to, you know, that's why we have that flash scene. Um, you know, the Keaton scene that was at the end of the flash. And that's where they're working. And then it's October 24th that Henry Cavill teases his return as Superman. And it's October 25th when James Gunn and Peter Safran announce as DC Studios. So it's important to note because, you know, it's kind of DeLuca's plan. Like, oh, well, there's no one in charge. I'm kind of in charge. I'm going to do this. 
and then they bring in complete new management. And we'll save that for our, the next conversation. But it was yes. worth noting to tell you that's why it's important to look at the management of how things get so messed up, who approved what, who did what, what, what decisions were made. just a matter of a day. So let's talk Black Adam the film. Yes, let's. First of all, positives. I like the way the movie looks. It looks good. It does look good. It's smooth. Movie smooth. Um, I think it's over convoluted. Sure with who Teth Adam is and his son Harut. Um, I think they should have just made it more simple that Teth Adam was chosen, but he was kind of on the verge. His son gets murdered, and then he fully embraces Black Adam. Yeah, yeah, that's a big problem. Like, why did they have to <clears throat> start with the origin this way at the very beginning? And then they retcon it mid-movie, then they retcon it another time. Like, why couldn't you just make it that, you know, like... you're Because you're trying to make Black Adam not the bad guy, bad guy, like, that he is in the comics when he first comes in. Like, because we're, we're mainly looking at Black Adam more from the New 52, because that's where they took the whole Shazam universe from. And they overcomplicate his origin. They could have just had him... He was chosen, and like that's kind of like the whole arc of the wizard is he chose wrong, and then you could have had Harut die, and it and that's when you see Black Adam release the sins. Like we didn't have to do a whole yep. this king, um, kind of thing with Eternium. Like unless you told me that this in Kondok is like where the Rock of Eternity kind of touches Earth. You know, like this is where the like, like it. That's why he's imprisoned the way he is. That would have been better. So you've already over convoluted the story. You don't really try to tie it with Shazam, which I hate. Like, I get that the Rock wanted to fight Superman. That's a much a much bigger thing for his character. Well, we get this whole tease in Shazam for for Black Adam. And I'm like, you could have. You already have the same wizard. You're saying the same damn word. Um, you could have just. Um, you know, had him release the sins and that's why he gets imprisoned. And that's simple, simple. It connects. You, if you don't want Zach Levi in the movie, fine. That's cool. Um, I do not think Cyclone or Adam Smasher should have been in this movie. It should have been the idea with the JSA is they haven't been active for years. Um, she contacts. It should have been Waller reaches out because she knew about, um, Black Adam's history and knew that he had interacted with Dr. Fate in the past. And Dr. Fate reaches out to the only other quote unquote living JSA member, the the newest reincarnation of Hawkman. And then it's just Hawkman and fate going after black Adam. And then at the end of this movie, I, they could have said, I agree with you a little bit. I have my own pitch. So I'll say in a second, but, but then at the end of the movie it could have been like, we need to rebuild the JSA. And then that opens up a whole JSA film. Um, I don't, other than that, the film, like they ignore the idea of using ISIS, the character, they kind of tease at it. They tease it. Maybe I figured they were uh, going to do it in the sequel. Yeah. Because I, I felt like uh, the mother of the boy might've been a descendant of Ted Adams wife. Um, and, and I think, I think Sabak's a really unique villain that should have been teased and saved. They could have had just had inner gang as the villain in this. 
instead of having to bring in the third act big bad that they do so often, say Doomsday or Mechagodzilla, um, <laughs> so that our, our heroes all have to gather around an, an object because the idea of Sabak is and the um, the opposite of the red of the Rock of Eternity is so interesting to flesh out. That should have been your Black Adam two or Shazam three, where they team up together to go out with Sabak. Yeah, because that's a whole new mythology that you're bringing in. Yeah, um, that's fair. But overall, this movie is enjoyable. The score is fantastic. Um, it wasn't like I left enjoying it. I loved Hawkman and Fate. I would like more of them. I didn't hate it. I would have liked a little bit more from it. But I wasn't. I didn't have expectations for it. I'm not like the huge Black Adam fan, so I was willing to go with whatever they give me. So you go. Your turn. No, you're fine. Um, you know, I I love The Rock. Uh, I love Dwayne Johnson. Uh, when he was cast, when he like pitched in 2014 that he was going to be Black Adam, I was I was excited for it. Um, you know, um, I think I I so there's a story that this is loosely based on called Black Rain, and it's a JSA story with Jeff Johns, and it was done right along infinite crisis time like 2004 2005 and in that in that it's it's revealed basically that teth adam was friends with uh with with kuf yeah who was uh the original the original you know incarnation hawkman and then his his spiritual advisor or his wizard whatever was naboo which is the spirit that's in Dr. Fate's helmet. So in my mind, what would have been a great story here would have been that the JSA was formed because Teth Adam was released. So, oh, okay. So, yeah. So, you know, they were friends and Teth Adam kind of went to the dark side because of things happened to his family, uh, you know, in ancient Egypt. Like I would have liked scenes of ancient Egypt, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets in prison because he unleashes the sins, whatever the wizards in, imprison him. And then we get this story of Naboo and 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 Hawk and, and or in Kahufu, um, that our friend got corrupted. We lost our friend, and now our friend's back, and our friend's confused, and our friend's angry, mm-hmm. and our friend feels betrayed, and you know now we now we have new new um resurrection uh, reincarnations follows us uh reincarnations of hawkman with uh aldous hodge's character and then we got you know naboo has a new host with kent um and they they're they they form the jsa to like a team because they don't know if they're enough to stop black adam because they couldn't stop him when he turned bad thousands of years ago. They don't know if they can stop him now. So they build this team. Because what killed me is is like we're establishing the JSA exists. Mm-hmm. But we don't have any origin for it. Yep. We don't know how Hawkeye, how Hawkman got his money. We don't know anything yep. about Hawkman. We don't know anything about the JSA. Cyclone exists. We don't know where she's from. But the king that kills me is we have Adam Smasher, and he has the suit of his uncle, but his uncle has never been established as the Adam, uh, p- played by Fonz, you know, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it was it was a whole like I like your pitch a lot because yeah. I feel like that's a stronger story. Like it would be easier to do. Like I said, you make inner gang the kind of bad guys yeah. in the background. You don't need to develop the bad guys; they're just there because your main antagonist is black. They, they want to use you know internium to for technology, whatever. Was, you know, it could be you, as simple as that. You try to do a kind of a story about when the JSA shows up and the people are conduct like, where have you been this whole time? We've been oppressed. You could have ejected that because you didn't do yeah. much with it. Or you or you make that more of your front. And then that's when you end the film with Black Adam sitting on the throne and people like around him almost worshiping him. Yeah. That's a scarier, stronger ending than him crushing the throne. Yeah, he should not um, crush that throne. If you're going to be an anti-hero, be the anti-hero. Okay? Don't don't try to be the light-hearted anti-hero. Like lean into it. Yeah. Um but I would like the story of three friends and just right. just like okay, we're kind of like intertwined with destiny through millennia. Um one of my favorite yeah. okay, from a story point and stakes point. And I really need to rewatch the film cuz I haven't in a while was The Wolverine. And I referenced yeah, I it a lot. Watch that again. Yeah, we I will watch be watching this. Well, I'll be watching this soon as we lead up to Deadpool. I'll be doing yeah, a okay. whole. Let's, I'll be doing a whole X Men thing. With- let's do it together, because especially that one, because I loved it because it's small stakes because it's personal, and I feel like Black Adam had the ability to do that. It's a personal small stakes film. You know, I don't. I don't need them saving the world, but saving their friend's soul. Yeah, like that's, that's exactly that's, what I'm talking about. That's exactly um, what I'm going for. So I, I, I just think you could have, and I think like it would have been awesome depending on where you want to put this film. Like if you want to put it technically before Shazam two, um, or and it doesn't matter like the post credit scene, because we knew the wizard was coming back in Shazam could have been like the wizard in jail or the wizard scene TV or something where the wizard's attention has brought that black at Teth Adam has returned. Like, and just seeing that because I love Jaiman Hansu. Um, it would be it would be cool if like Superman would show up and said like, if this JSA cannot keep you in check, I for damn sure is going to keep you in check. Right. You know, I, I as much as it was kind of cool to see Waller, I think she makes us all kind of scratch our head why she's calling the shots, why she's here. Yeah, she shouldn't have um, any part of it, in my opinion. Her whole and and then the whole reason why he gives up his power and goes into prison, like that scene is almost pointless because he goes into prison and then a beat later we have an over-exaggerated him breakout scene. And that kind of bugged me because in the comics, it's when Later uh, on Black, Black Adam says Shazam and then never turns back. So as soon as he says Shazam again, he starts aging because the human form is not, um, you know, it's still detached. You know what I'm saying? Like the human form is, um, affected like it's by life you know you can die when you're a human we've seen it in the comics and stuff when uh so you know when he says shazam and he goes back to being teth adam the slave he should have automatically started deteriorating <laughs> yeah. though they let, yeah. they let him live so that's why that whole him going in prison thing doesn't work for me um i could have done without all of that and just instead of doing that stupid story taking the time to just like work on these characters more, but you know, that's, and, and, and if you are going to put him in a situation where he can't change back and see the black Adam, I would have liked to see like 
probably in the future movie, like in this fight with Superman or whatever, or Shazam, if they would have deal with they did an Infinite Crisis, or I'm sorry, it was like the the one year later story, maybe it was, but they changed the word that he would have to say to change. So like the wizard, like I think like Shazam, yeah, because all magic was destroyed. Um, the Rock and Attorney was destroyed, and like Shazam became like the the epitome of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they changed the word he would have to say to change, like and and like he didn't know the word to say. So I forget what it was in the comic. I think Mary, what's that? Pants. That's <laughs> probably SmackDown. Whatever. Um, I didn't think this movie was really that bad. Um, it's it's not. I mean, it's really not but, because. But we needed story in it. We need more story of who people were. But I thought Hawkman was really good, man. I thought Doctor Fate was fantastic. Um, um, it's not bad. It's not. It's not really that bad. It's it's a superhero movie with the Rock, and yeah, and he does he does a good job of not being just the Rock. Like he actually tries to be a character. Instead of just being himself. A little bit. He still played himself, but you know. It's like that one degree difference, you know? Um but yeah, I the other thing is just the Shazam family of characters, story, history, mythology is convoluted in itself. And we could pick it that is. all apart. It is. We talked a little but bit about it when it we still. I still love it. Oh, I do I do too. I love Shazam. Like, in the comics, like it uh it's off. So it's always kind of tweaking and changing about it, like right now, how they are. But yeah, but yeah, that pretty much wraps up where we are in episode three, buddy. I, I, I think like what's confusing about this era or, the, you know, this part three is we get, we get two absolutely abominations and then we get this step kind of in the right direction and and then we we'll get into part four here, where things just get so crazy. Because um, I have a lot to say about 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 what happens next here. Um, we I, you know we did break these up in pretty good parts. Um, yeah, but we did. So that's part three. Um, I suggest that <laughs> I suggest you totally skip Wonder Woman eighty four. Uh, don't bother with it. And you might think, well, shit, Brian, it's it's a DC movie. I gotta watch it. No, don't no. Save your save yourself. Um, maybe watch Birds of Prey once at least. I would I would say all of them once. Yeah, once at least. Just because you need to experience all of them once for yourself to make up your own mind, and then you can really You're look at what person. we're saying. Yeah, be your own person. Your I mean, person. this is this is me and Brian talking. You know, everyone has their opinions, but I will say that. A lot of people's that I've seen who've posted their rankings on these films, yeah, are very similar to my bottoms, and it feels like there's a certain cluster of films that are always being filtered to the bottom. <laughs> yes, and it's it's really the middle where we all are kind of like, "Ooh, what's here? What's there?" You know, um, I'm with you. So I, I look forward to discussing our rankings and stuff yes. in part four. Yes, so that is part three. Of the DCEU end of an air. Uh, please stay tuned for part four, the grand finale on only the Krypton Report. Tyler, thank you so much for being here with me. Always. I look forward to the finale. You're my boy. Uh, 
please listen to the Krypton Report. Uh, where can people listen to you? Where where can we find you? Find Krypton Report anywhere podcasts are available. Oh, you'll see it on uh, if you go to the YouTube for Press Play Podcast. You'll there's the YouTube there. We're on YouTube as well, but our episodes are on Press Play. Um, you know, just look us up on all social media, and you'll have links to wherever you need to listen to your podcast from from Spotify, Apple, or just on the, the landing page. Same with Brian the Guys. You can find us at TikTok, Brian the Guys, Instagram, Brian the Guys, Facebook, Brian the Guys. Search Spotify, Apple Podcasts for Brian the Guys because I'm Brian and this is one of the guys. So everybody just chill to the next episode.